two half-empty, very old bottles of Coca-Cola, zero sugar, zero caffeine beverage, walk into a bar. One of the bottles of uh, half-empty, caffeine-free Coca-Cola, zero, not Coke Zero, the other one. Uh, Oh, is it? No, it is Coke Zero. It is Coke Zero. Caffeine-free Coke Zero. Uh, Not to be confused with... Uh, caffeine-free Diet Coke, uh, which is even worse. Anyway, uh, we'll probably need to come up for a short name for us if I'm going to be doing a whole two of these things walk into a bar. So let's call it Two Coke Zeros Walk Into a Bar. And take it every time I say Coke Zero, what I'm referring to is a, a half-empty old bottle of Coca-Cola Zero Caffeine Zero Sugar Beverage. Uh, two Coke Zeros walk into a bar. What if the Coke Zeros goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, and I have a pint of your finest, uh, your finest smidix, please. And the man behind the bar says, What in the name of Christ do you think you're doing bringing that in here? You can't be bringing in your own beverage and fucking coming up here with a fucking uh, two-litre bottle of beverage from home. You're not even refrigerated. Fuck that shit. And uh, Coke Zero says, but surely you make the money out of the corkage fee or something, don't you? I I hand this to the waiter and he pours a bit out for me every few minutes. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you make your money. And the man behind the bar says, well, for one thing, this isn't a restaurant. For another thing, you're not a customer coming in with a bottle of wine. Uh, you are a bottle of a very old Coke Zero caffeine-free. Uh, well, you want me to you want me to pour some beverage out of your own skull and then pour it into a wine glass in front of you every few minutes and charge you for that? Uh, then, uh, no, like, I, don't think my, I don't think my insurance covers taking people's skulls off off and pouring the beverage out of them into their own wine glass and uh, the Coke Zero says that's fine, it doesn't have to be a wine glass, I'd be perfectly happy to just sit here and just enjoy the beverage that's already inside my skull uh, even though it's getting flatter and flatter by the minute uh, could do with being a bit of chill maybe if I go out in the beer garden then that'll chill That'll chill me a bit and then I'll be the chilled old Coca-Cola Zero caffeine free and the man behind the bar says what in the name of Christ is going this is fucking ridiculous I've been running this bar for 15 years now and for the past 17 years uh, including because I'm counting the two years before the 15 when I worked here but didn't own it it's a bit like the last few the last few seasons of seasons of cheers where Sam Malone had sold the bar uh, but he came back to working and someone else owned it Uh, it was like that for two years and then for the following 15 years I was the bar owner Uh, but for the last 17 years every time someone has come in here every day claiming to want to use my bar they've had some crap about either being two cats uh, or to last week it was two uh, vomitorian owners and now we have a fucking an actual an actual beverage, a fucking two-week-old beverage in a this fucking ridiculous thing, a two-liter bottle of plastic bottle of Coke Zero, and it wants me to feed, let it allow it to drink itself. 
And the Coke Zero says, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really be drinking myself. Obviously, that would be ridiculous. Um, I'm a, the liquid is already inside me. Uh, by the way, when I say myself, uh, I'm not the bottle. I'm the bottle plus the liquid. I'm kind of like a two... I suppose I'm like co-joined twins in a way. I'm made up of the the, bot, the plastic bottle itself and the contents. Now, the plastic bottle, thankfully, has a has a long lifespan. It's probably going to be around for several thousand years. But the beverage that's inside me, that's kind of going to... That's not going to last much longer. Uh, it tastes like crap as it is and all the fizz is going out of it. Uh, I suppose it's a bit like... Uh, wasn't this too young? Uh, sorry to be obscure, but there is a woman on dark on Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, who was part of she was some species that used to host these species there's a that's hard to explain there was a, an alien species on Star Trek Deep Space Nine who whenever it died uh, its essence got moved into a new host body a young person would take her on and there was a woman on the Star Trek Deep Space Nine who was hosting uh, someone like that so I suppose it's a bit like that for me uh, except it's the other way around because it's the I suppose it's the yes it's the bottle in this case the bottle is hosting the beverage and when the beverage is gone uh, instead of sending myself for recycling I'll just get some more beverage poured into me I suppose I'll have to I'll have to wash myself out properly first the hygiene is important these days uh, but no it's a bit like that so basically I'm your one-off Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, who was always a bit weird. The captain on that used to go up to her and say, hello, uh, that fellow who's inside you used to be my best friend. He was an old man in his previous life. Uh, so I want you to talk to me the way my old best friend did, because he's inside you now. Uh, my uh, junior female officer. That was a bit weird. Critically acclaimed, though, as one of the most critically acclaimed Star Trek spin-offs of the 20th century. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Uh, now, anyway, then the man behind the bar uh, continues to say stuff. He says something like, what does he say? He says, no, I've said enough for now. We've done that whole Star Trek thing. Or was that you said that? And the bottle of Coke says, uh, well, yes, that was me. That was the container within me saying that, but not the liquid. I think the liquid is pretty much done talking. So it's just you and me now. It's me, the bottle, and you, the barman. In fact, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be offended if he wanted to empty my contents down the drain. And the barman said, I will not. I will do, I'll do no such thing. I'll empty them into the place where we put the dregs of the beer, the spillages, and then we'll sell them to students for... Uh, no, we won't do that. Well, we will do that, but I won't say we're doing it, so I'll stop speaking now, because I don't want to... I don't want to give the game away. Uh, even though we all... We all know what's happening. We all know when the dregs in this tray under the... under the beer taps get collected up and put back into the... Uh, back into the keg and we give them we use that keg to pour points for people who are less fussy or less aware because they're fucking pissed and the coke bottle says oh, i know we all know that happens but you, surely you don't use the add coke and non-alcoholic beverages in with the the beer spills and put them back into the keg 
And the man behind the bar says, well, it's their first time for everything, isn't there? Until the day I'd never spoken to a Coke bottle. Oh, that's not true. I've spoken to Coke bottles before. But there's never they've never spoke back to me and talked about their contents in this way. I've uh, certainly never had one tell me all about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, and actually, I still haven't, because he didn't tell me all about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He told me about one, one character in it, and he told me some crap that I could barely understand the word of and it probably only means anything to someone who follows that shit uh, I remember I, I watched uh, Star Trek's Deep Space Nine about a decade ago I found it quite hard work it's not as accessible as the other ones it's still you get on it's not even a ship you can you get this fella you get this fella and he's running a space station and then you have this other fella who's Oh, this other fella who's some other fella. And then there's some woman. And then there's some other woman. And then there's, oh, there's some aliens. And then there's uh, there's some people who think the captain is some sort of a god from the next galaxy or something. And then there's these other stuff. There's all sorts of things happening on it. Well, very little happening. Uh, well, it gives the impression that very little is happening because they're not in a spaceship like it's sister programs. It's not, there's no spaceship. They're just sitting there in some space station waiting for shit to happen and the fact that shit does happen doesn't make it any more interesting it just makes it oh it's just there it's the star trek d space nine uh, its main purpose is to make the viewers feel like they're intellectually superior to the people who watch uh the one with slaphead in it with uh, captain picard uh or your one or your man captain kirk uh people like to feel superior so they go here's the thing it's deep space dying there's no ship it's all theoretical people sitting on the ship talking and the cat says that's fascinating that's absolutely fascinating uh, now wait did you say all that stuff or did I because if I'm saying that's fascinating that seems a bit self-serving and the man behind the bar says I've no idea I've no idea I don't forget to edit that cough out incidentally and the cat says why would I edit a cough out I'm not ashamed of a cough a cough is nothing to be ashamed of in fact now that we've discussed this just be no I shouldn't edit it out at all because this bit will, won't make any sense to the listener and and the man behind the bar says, well, I would assume you'd edit out this as well. The cough will be easy to find because you look along the thing, you find where the wave gets really high and then you know where the cough is. And then you edit out the next couple of minutes where we're saying all this shit about the cough uh, that's no longer in the programme. And the cat says, oh, fair enough. Well, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I don't think I should be ashamed of a cough, though. I'm not a professional broadcaster. I get coughs. And in fact, professional broadcasters get coughs as well all the time. Joe Rogan did a whole podcast last week There was just four hours of him coughing. What's that thing he does? The MCMW fighters, wherever it is. He had one of them fighters on and he said, we'll watch the, we'll watch the fighting thing. It's one of our MCA, what the fuck is it called? MWACWM. Oh, whatever the fighting thing that Joe Rogan does the occasional commentary on. He was doing one of his specials on that and everyone just started coughing. And then the two fighters are in the ring and they decided, oh, we can just knock each other down with the force of our coughs. We can just cough into each other's faces and then cough into each other's chests and we just knock each other down without even touching. 
Uh, well, occasionally I'll stick a leg out and trip the other fellow over while he's coughing, but there'll be a lot less contact than usual, uh, which I think makes it more manly as a sport. If you're just coughing at each other instead of fucking doing all this pushing at each other like two little girls pushing each other in a for shitty little cat fight, that makes it a lot more manly. That's what Joe Rogan would say anyway. If this was the Joe Rogan podcast, I'd be saying all that and I'd, I'd have someone on here for three hours to agree with me, explain to me why I'm right, and then I'd say, oh, I, I was wondering why I'm right. I didn't, I knew I was right, but I didn't know why I was right. That's why I get a guest on to tell me all about it. Uh, and then Spotify came, comes along and says, here's 8 million euros. Uh, do this for a year uh, until we all get sick of you and then go away. And the man behind the bar says, I see you've moved on from explaining Star Trek to explaining uh, commercial podcasting. And the cat says, no, no, just one particular podcast. Joe Rogan is not commercial podcasting. He's one element of commercial podcast. I think this is a bit, a bit too inside for this program. It's a bit too fourth wall. Although in fairness, it's not fourth wall because it's not about this podcast. It's about someone else's. So it's removing the fourth wall where we're looking out through the fourth wall instead of in through it. It's not like one of those... Oh, it's not like one of those shows where they talk about everything that's going on behind the scenes in their own show. No, they talk about what's going behind the scenes in someone else's show. So they've removed the fourth wall of their own show so they can look out through it. And then presumably they removed the fourth wall of the other Joe Rogan show so they can look in through that. Uh, now, that sounds a bit dodgy, to be perfectly honest, because that means you're knocking in the fourth wall of someone else's property, not just yours. Maybe Joe Rogan's fine with that. Maybe he uh, maybe he says, uh, this 90 million euro, I'm going to set 20 million aside for it for any structural damage that occurs as, a, as part of my opening up the the podcast for outside critiques. I don't know. Maybe that's what he does. Anyway, on with the show. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, uh, Jesus Christ, what in the name of Christ was all that about? Ah, well, see, proceed. And if you didn't understand it the first time round, fortunately, this uh, this programme is pre-recorded, so you can go back and play it again. You can listen to it all over again until you understand it. There's no, there's no limits on how many times you can play it, unless you run out of electricity at your end or something. In which case, that's, that's, that's all within your control. If you plan your electricity usage, if you know you're going to be listening to podcasts all day, uh, just make Make sure I uh, get prepaid electricity and make sure you pay for enough electricity to suit your needs. Uh, not that that's any of my business. Not that that's none of my business, is it? I don't think it is. Is that any of my business? Uh, it probably isn't. I don't know. Uh, well, if I inquire now as to whether it's any of my business and it's not, then I'm already poking my nose into something that's not that's not of my concern. Uh, so I'm already... See, I can't win. You can't win. It's a vicious circle. It's a vicious circle. We should just fucking uh, move on, uh, restart the segment. <laughs> That's interesting. I did something interesting there. Uh, I was ending the segment and pressing, about to press pause, uh, but I decided to wait, hold off on pressing pause until he had coughed. Uh, so that tells me that, I think that tells me that subconsciously I want you to hear my coughing. I don't actually want to edit it out. That's interesting now. 
Uh, well, the subconscious me needs to learn a bit of fucking common sense. You don't put a, leave a cough in on a podcast unless it's for a very good reason. Unless it's part of a, oh, part of a two Coke bottles walk into a bar story or something. Uh, no, no, you can't be doing that. Yeah, you not. You can't be doing that. Jesus Christ, that tastes disgusting. Anyway, on with the show. We've a lot to get on with today. Items that need to be attended to. Issues that need to be addressed. Topics. Oh, topics. We've got lots and lots of topics. We're positively booming to the seams with topics. We've got topics coming out of... Uh, topics coming out of... Oh, this uh, this pencil that's on a string. I have a pencil on a string here. Uh, now, I say pencil. I'm only saying that because I'm a slave to branding. It's one of these Apple pencils that they call a pencil. It's not really a pencil at all, though. As far as I know, there's no lead or anything in it. Well, I don't know what's in it. It's an Apple pencil. I have it on a piece of string so I don't lose it. It's like going to a bank in 1982. Uh, they have everything on this. You young people probably don't remember this. In the old days, you went into a bank and you said, I want to take out some of my money or I want to put in some of my money in here. And they give you a form. And you'd have to write how you'd write your name and your address and your account number. And then you'd sign it and you put the amount and then you'd hand that over to the person behind the counter and you'd say, I want to lodge this, please. This money that's accompanying these form. I would have thought that was obvious because it just handed you a form that says lodgement. But no, for some reason, we felt obliged to say something. They say, here's the form, here's the form for lodgement and here's the money that I'm going to lodge and I want to lodge this amount that's written here and I've signed it here with my pencil and they'd say, it's not your pencil, that's our pencil, please put it back and surprise the string reaches all the way up to the counter to be perfectly honest. Oh, maybe there's a reason then why it's being made that long. Has that occurred to you? Maybe I'm supposed to bring it up here. Maybe I'm supposed to do the signature part of the form in front of you so it's witnessed, pos- witnessed properly. Has that occurred to you? Uh, if it occurred to you, you might get sacked for not witnessing my signature of this lodgement, lodgement slip. Uh, I've, I've signed it over there at the table thing and then brought it up here. But clearly if the pencil has a string that extends all the way up to here... Uh, it's designed for me to be able to bring up here so you can witness me signing it. Has that ever occurred to you? And the woman behind the counter at the bank will say, oh, well, that's interesting. Two people behind you have just tripped over that rope that's attached to your pencil. So no, in early 1980s, uh, health and safety wasn't as big a concern in those days and we didn't have to worry about litigation and public liability issues. Uh, but still, no, it's nonetheless, it's a public bank and we don't want our customers especially the ones who have more money than you coming in and tripping over this rope that you have attached to your pencil and uh, maybe we should switch to wireless pencils of some sort maybe someone will invent a wireless pencil someday that you can just carry around with you and everyone will have their own pencil their own personal pencil that they keep in their pocket 
that would be fantastic. Uh, anyway, I have this Apple Pencil here, and it doesn't do any of that. It's for doing stuff on my iPadlet. Oh, you can find stuff out. You can pretend to do handwriting on it. You can write stuff in handwriting, and then it turns it into text. And then you say, oh, that's fantastic. Except you don't. When I'm doing, I write, I'm writing my handwriting onto the screen here, and then immediately converts it into text, as if to say, your handwriting is shit. Uh, I'm Apple, I'm going to convert it into, oh, Arial Font Bowl 16, wherever the preset is, because that's how proper writing works. No, uh, someday I'm going to, uh, my... Oh, my sole aim while I own this Apple Pencil is to get to the point where I I write my handwriting so neatly that it's indiscernible from whatever font the, the uh, infernal tablet turns it into. So then it looks like it hasn't even bothered and just be writing so neatly that it looks like Arial Bold Font 16 or whatever font I decide to pick. Maybe I'll pick a different font. Maybe I'll pick, uh, I don't know the names of many fonts of hands. I think there's one called Chaotic and there's one called Kristen or TC or something. And then there's another one called Times New Roman. And then there's another one called, my uncle created a font. I had an uncle, uh, he's he's dead now. Uh, not not from any of my fault, but he, uh, he, cre- he spent the last years of his life creating a font, a font that could be used for the Irish language. I have no idea where you find it or anything. All I know is that he did it. And he is very happy with himself as from all, uh, from all uh, by all accounts. Uh, so uh, my family have font creation in their family so no one gets a no fucking steve jobs is not going to tell me how to use a pencil uh i'll tell myself how to do it and i'll measure against his standards but no he's not going to steve jobs you're not going to tell me how to use a pencil uh whoever you're whoever replaced you who replaced steve jobs uh, presumably someone else is it the fellow with the hair uh the fellow with the gray hair they said oh Oh, Steve Jobs is dead now. He's been dying for about 10 years. But he will replace him with another fellow who looks even older. He's completely grey. That's like when you have a... They always do this with their popes. They have some pope uh, who's being... He's being referred to as the ailing pontiff for about 15 years because that's how long he's been dying. And then they, they dies and they bring in a new fellow who looks even worse. He did that. Remember Benedict? He looked terrible. He looked like absolute shit. He looked like... Uh, no offence, but Pope Benedict, you looked like a... Oh, he looked like something my cat would do. Uh, that we decide, oh, this is uh, below standard. I'm not even going to keep this in the litter tray. Um, I've let it out into the litter tray, but I'm examining it now. And no, I don't want it in here. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to bring it out and put it outdoors. I'm going to carry it in my mouth like I would a dead mouse. Uh, I wonder, can you do that? Can cats do that with their excrement? Can they carry them in their hand like something they've hunted down and killed? Uh, I'm not saying they'd enjoy it, but if it becomes necessary, maybe they can. Maybe they can. Uh, I'd be amazed at what cats can do. Uh, anyway. Now, uh, 
I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, what in the name of Christ is a bank? What is a bank? I don't know what a bank is. Is it something in a computer game? Is it a thing in a computer game I used to play? Uh, not me. This is what, because I'm doing it, I know what you're thinking there. So uh, when I say uh, there's a thing in, in a computer game I used to play, what I'm saying is that you're thinking that there's a, there's a thing in the computer game that you used to play. Because uh, I don't play, I don't play computer games. This is the only computer game I play. Uh, this is the only leisure I need on my computer, making this crap, uh, which I do purely for pleasure and the reward. Oh, the reward. Anyway, I know what you're thinking there. Uh, you're thinking, what's a bank? The only thing I've heard of a bank from is from this computer game I play. Uh, I think it's called either Monopoly uh, or something else. I don't know. A computer version of the the TV, the popular TV uh, 2000s uh, game show, The Weakest Link. It was not the one where uh, you'd... Oh, you'd, uh, you'd answer some questions. Your team members would answer some questions. And when they were starting to lose confidence and think they were going to get a question wrong next, they'd shout, bank, bank. And then you'd bank your winnings or something. And then you go back down to, to lower gains for the next one. Something along those lines. The details don't really matter. But that's what you're thinking of when you think of bank. Or else you're thinking of Monopoly, where there was a bank. Uh, the only bank in Monopoly in my day was a, a little table you had where you kept all the money on and some arsehole who decided, I'll be the bank manager. I'll be the bank man. It was usually a sibling. and go, I'll be the bank manager. I'll get the top lid of the Monopoly box and I'll arrange, oh, I'll arrange the notes in that in neat piles like a fucking arsehole. And I'll say, I'm the bank manager. You've passed go. You can collect $200 from here or 200 whatever the hell it was. It was pounds in our case. We had the Irish Monopoly. From back before they had the Euro, we had Irish Pounds. Ah, you could spend 60 Euros and you could buy the whole of the village of Kimmage or the village of Crumlin in uh, Dublin. Or else you could splash out about £360 and you could buy Grafton Street, an extremely high rent shopping street in Dublin. That was an ignorant, uh, divisive game. It was all fucking lists of neighbourhoods and with prices on them showing how shitty the Monopoly people thought they were. Children play this. I grew up thinking Kimmage and Aylesbury Road were a fucking 300 euros apart. as about as far apart as you could get. I also thought that Bus Aris, the central provincial bus station in Dublin, uh, was worth £250, which is uh, four times the price of Crumlin Village. Absolutely ridiculous. And your parents would go, oh, this is very educational. We let them play this Monopoly thing. They'll get a, oh, they'll get a good impression of what happens in real life. Because in real life, you go around, you pass, go, you collect £200 from your sibling who controls the bank, and then you go straight over Kibbage, and then you find someone else owns it, so you have to pay rent while you're parked on it for half a minute. So you pay rent. Here's the money for the rent, and you'll hand it to your sibling. But in this case, your sibling is not there in his capacity as the 
bank manager there. He's there in his capacity as your, as one of the other players who happens to already bought Kimmage. So you have to give him rent. Uh, but then he goes, oh, I can't change that. That's a £200 note. I'll have to go over to the bank manager and ask for him to break up this note for me. And then he'll say to himself, hello, I'm the bank manager. Can I help you? And then he'll say back to himself, yes, you can indeed. Would you mind changing this money for me so I can give this fella change for his rent? And the uh, bank managers will say, oh, certainly, certainly. We like having uh, landlords, uh, investors like you banking with us. And certainly we'll change this money for you because I know you only deal with 100 and 200 pound notes. You've no cause for licking 10s and 20s because uh, you're a big important sibling who fucking plays. Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that was Monopoly for you young people. Uh, so you're hearing me talking about the bank and you're thinking it's either Monopoly uh, or the weakest link uh, or else you're thinking, I don't know, what else What else you young people associate banks with? Do you think it's a fucking app or something? You probably have. Uh, I see some of the young people now, they have some sort of banking app uh, from some place. Uh, when, they, when they lose their password or they can't access their money, uh, they basically just go, oh, I give up. And yet they, they don't answer the phone there or uh, respond to messages in my bank because the young people have some bank that's... Uh, uh, three countries away and they don't speak English there and it's basically just an app and you can't contact them. So if you lock yourself out of your account, you're banjaxed. Well, you young people are perfectly happy with that because you don't have money. You don't have money. That's uh, So it doesn't bother you. That's, that's what the young people do now. That's why... <coughs> Uh, that's why when they had the, all the Wall Street protests, uh, wherever it is, the stuff with the... When they were all going nuts 10 or 15 years ago with the collapses and there was all those people protesting in Wall Street going, we don't like the system of money. Uh, oh, the older people were going, oh, well, tough shit, the system of money is what you live in. And then the young people went, yes, but what you don't really realise is that we have no access to money anymore, so we don't really care if you break the system. We've explained all that very badly, that whole... Uh, what I meant, what I was trying to get at was the fact that the young people, uh, they don't have access to... Oh, they don't have access to housing. They can't buy houses or pay for anything anymore, so they don't really give a shit about the money system. They don't care if they burn it down around them, and the old people don't realise that. Uh, in fact, I don't realise that either. I don't realise anything. Uh, I can't say... Me, 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 me. Yeah, I think we're done with this segment. Are we done with this segment? I think we are. And I wasn't asking you, I was asking myself. Uh, myself, are we done with this segment? I'm getting an itchy fucking throat. Uh, and I'm drinking this disgusting beverage that I've already used in a in uh, two beverages walk into a bar story. So you know how disgusting and old it is. Yeah, but it's lubricating me. I suppose if I'm getting an itchy throat now, I better get this fucking podcast finished today or it'll never get done. Probably going to be in my deathbed for the next week with some fucking cough. Absolute, absolutely fucking ridiculous. There's one thing I can't stand, it's deathbeds. Absolutely. No, no. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Bozzy Ka. Bozzy Jodie Ka. 
Ozzy Jody Be- Oh hello, hello. Uh, you're not supposed to hear that, but it started. I absentmindedly pressed play again. I was just uh, passing some time between segments, waiting for some new material to come in- come into my head. Uh, so I thought I'd start listing the names from my cats through the medium of the song. I do a quite a lot. Yeah, I do a lot of cat songs uh, outside of the podcast. Oh, I do things like... Ah, Bowsy, you're a terrible little cat. Yay. Jody, you're a cat. And so is Ozzy. Yay. Uh, I used to have a lot more cat songs, but that's because we used to have a lot more cats. Uh, we da- we downsized a few years ago, so we're down to four cats at the moment. It's a lot less scope for cat songs. You get, get a little repetitive after a while. Anyway, on with the show. Uh, on with the show. Uh, oh, I suppose this is just... Uh, that's that's a cue for me, really. Cats, this is... Uh. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking you never really uh, finalised that whole thing about the bank. He said a few minutes ago, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, oh, bank, that's like that thing out of the weakest link or monopoly. Uh, and then he went on something about, oh, something about the young people not caring about the money system collapsing. Uh, but he didn't he didn't express it very clearly, so it was hard to understand. I don't think he really made your point in the way that, uh, in the way that you're even going to use. You're probably not even going to use it in the final edit, uh, which makes this, uh, this uh, piece here either extremely helpful or extremely pointless. I don't know. Depends how it goes. But no, that's what you're thinking there. Well, that's somewhat true, I suppose. I think I did eventually get around. The Monopoly stuff was quite good, I thought. But the rest of it was something about the uh, collapse of the monetary system and the young people not really caring. And the old people, uh, the old people thinking, oh, why don't they care? Care, you will care when you can't fucking get a... Oh, something about a thing. You see, this is what happens when you try to do proper serious points on a fucking podcast like this. You go, oh, look. And then you go, oh, look. And then I go, oh, look. And then you go, oh, look. And then I go, oh, look. And then I break out into a cat song. How is that going to help anyone? It will not. It'll do absolutely nothing to help anyone. It serves no purpose whatsoever in any way, shape or form. You know, it's just a waste of space. The waste of space. How much space am I taking up here now? Well, I'm in, I'm in the spare room. It's currently a spare room. Uh, I'm taking up, well, floor space. I'm taking up the width of the chair and however much my uh, feet and legs extend out to the front of it and my left arm extends out over there a bit so I'm taking up a little channel of floor space over there as well uh, as for airspace, I'm not even going to measure that. It's meaningless. How much airspace you take up in your own home is meaningless. It doesn't make a blind bit of difference. I could be taking up all the airspace in this room, but as long as I'm only taking up a couple of the square feet of the floor, it doesn't really matter. Unless someone tries to come in and tries to squeeze past me to get to the toilet. I suppose that would be a problem if I was taking up all the airspace, but I'm not. I'm not. So it's not an issue. 
So let's not get bogged down in that, especially while my throat is collapsing. My throat is collapsing from underneath me. It's getting itchier and itchier and itchier the more I talk. Uh, so we better get this stuff down and dusted. Uh, is that what they say when you're doing your podcast? You say, let's get this down and dusted. I don't think that's what they say. Uh, it's probably down and something else. What do they say? Let's get this on tape. Uh, what's that fella, Lilo, he used to go at the end of this week in tech, he'd go, he was trying to be cool, the man's about 80, he was trying to sound like young people, and he goes, another twist, this week in tech is in the can, and then you play a tune that sounded like a, oh, some sort of young people's mix of quotes from the show, he's given up on that now, he starts about 10 years ago, he's still doing the show, but he, he stops pretending to be young and hip, he just goes, I'm very old, and you're all very old too, uh, he goes, oh, look, here's security now with what's his name. Uh, I wonder which of us is going to retire first. Uh, the other fellow on security now recently said, you know what, Leo, I've decided I'm not going to retire after uh, after episode 1000. I've decided that's arbitrary. I'm just going to keep on doing this till I'm get sick to death of the rest of you. Uh, or you retire first. And then Leo report. Leo report said, "Oh, that's great! Absolutely. Uh, every fucking Tuesday for the rest of my life, we have this fella in for an hour talking about IT security. Don't understand a fucking word of it. Uh, neither do the listeners. It just makes them feel good about them. I've been listening to this security now podcast from the Twit Network. It's absolutely fucking fantastic. Uh, it's just enough to to have something to listen as I drift off to sleep, but not something that I keep." me awake. Uh, this fella basically, you have this fella in a moustache who uh, appears on the screen to the old report and he goes, I'm an expert in security, this is all I do, uh, don't touch that screen, you'll catch a virus off it. And then he tells everyone, "Don't basically don't do anything on your computer, it's all dangerous, uh, don't have an Android computer, phone or whatever, uh, don't, oh, don't have Wi-Fi, don't let anyone else into your house if you have a computer in it and if you're oh if you have a virus you make damn sure to Christ as hell as hell as Christ as hell as Christ uh, that you just oh just burn everything just burn your whole office down if you have a virus because you're never getting over that it's going to be with you for the rest of your life uh, I find it very entertaining. I've listened to, oh, I've listened to hundreds of episodes over the last few weeks. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Oh, now that's interesting. Uh, I've just come back, come back from the toilet. There happens to be an ensuite toilet in the spare room. And I've been sitting here waiting for the, oh, waiting for the refilling of the cistern to finish. Can you hear it there in the background? It's just, I thought that's interesting. Until a moment ago, it sounded like voices. The cistern refilling in the ensuite of this house sounds like voices. It to me, anyway. I thought someone had the television on in another room. Uh, I did also think it was the cistern. I thought it was a combination of voices from a television in the next room and uh, noises from the cistern refilling. But no, it appears now it's just the cistern refilling. 
that's, that's interesting to me anyway. Interesting. It'll be interesting to me to listen back to this later to see if I can hear the cistern refilling on it or if that's just me. Is it like that thing where I come on here and go, once upon a time there was a dog, a dog, a dog, basically a dog. Uh, that thing that I keep doing because I like how dog sounds on my headphones here. Uh, but it may not sound to you like that on the MP3. I don't know. Is the cistern like that? Is the sound of the cistern in the ensuite in our spare room uh, in any way comparable to me going, once upon a time there was a dog? A dog? Uh, that's hurting my throat. I'm going to stop doing that now. Uh, Oh, it's still refilling. The toilet cistern isn't finished refilling yet. Normally I'd wait and not start recording again until it's finished. I suppose I could close the door or not record right outside the door of the toilet. I suppose, but it just happens to be where there's a bit of space in this room for my setup. Uh, it's not a, it's not for, it's not a formal arrangement, by the way. I don't have a, I don't have a permanent podcast situation set up right at the door of the ensuite toilet. No, that would be weird. Uh, but I bring in my podcasting trolley into this room whenever I'm going to record, and this happens to be the space where I put it. I put the chair here as well, and that's just outside the toilet. Uh, sorry, that's perfectly normal. Uh, every fucking everyone who has a podcast has a has a place where they go to record the podcast. And uh, that's not no perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. And if you're saying it's not perfectly normal, then what do you know? How many podcasting houses have you been in? Uh, how many spare bedrooms where people do podcasts have you been in? Probably not very many. Two cats walk into a spare bedroom where a podcast is being recorded. One of the cats goes straight up to the uh, bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And there's no response because there's no one behind the bar and there's no bar because there's a spare bedroom. There's no bar. It's the only bar countering this. Well, that's not entirely true. There is a bar countering this room a lot of the time, but it's in my imagination than yours. It's not a physical thing. Now, admittedly, it may be more real than... It's probably more real to you than anything else that's in this room where I'm sitting now because you, you, get, you get to hear about the bar and all the things that, happen, that are happening a, a lot more than you get to hear about what goes on in the spare room uh, so it's probably real to you but no uh, if these two cats come into this room and they try to go up to the bar nothing's going to happen that's like that's like trying to cross from one universe to another it's not going not going to happen not going to happen but the cat nonetheless goes straight up to the bar counter and says hello can i have a pint of your finest guinness please and the man behind the bar says, uh, no, you cannot. You cannot have a pint of my finest Guinness. Uh, you're a cat. We give the finest Guinness to the people. Oh, the people over there. Do you see that fellow over here? He's get, he's having a pint of my finest Guinness because uh, he's a human being. You, on the other hand, are a cat. You're an inferior, you're an inferior species, at least to, to those of our customers. Most of our customers are of a superior species to you. Now, don't take that as uh, offensive or anything. It's not meant as an insult. When I say you're an inferior species, all I mean is that you don't have money, so you're of no use to me running a bar business here. 
And the cat says, that's perfectly fine. You do realise you don't even exist, though. And the man behind the bar says, I realise no such thing. I'm self-aware. I'm a self-aware barman inside an imagination in a room, in a spare room. I know full well the spare room doesn't have a bar, but I'm created inside this spare room uh, almost every week for the past 17 years, except for those uh, seven years where we... Uh, where he stopped podcasting and he says, I'm going to finish off this shit, uh, despite not existing, have existed in this spare bedroom. And the cat goes, that's not even true. You only moved into that house a couple of years ago. Uh, you only started podcasting again a couple of weeks ago. So for most of the last 17 years, the, the barman on this show has existed in a spare room in another county, far away. It uh, can't possibly have been the same barman, because you can't... Re- you can't create an imaginary barman in a spare room uh, 50 miles away and then have it puff out of existence and then come up here a few years later and create the same barman in another spare room. Uh, this house doesn't even have an upstairs, so it's not even an upstairs spare room where you're creating the barman here, so it's obviously going to be a different one. Uh, the imagination, the imaginary barmen just don't just float around it. Uh, down to ground level well, and also over the Wicklow mountain range. There's a Wicklow mountain range uh, that fills up a huge space in the 50 miles between this house and the place from where I used to podcast. So that's a, that's a long way for a, for an imaginary barman to float. You can't float. I suppose you should get, you could get the bus. Well, oh, the bus in those days, you had to get a bus up to Dublin and then down from Dublin the barman do that he's working at night and the buses run during the day he's not going to spend his day sitting on buses and the man behind the bar says are you talking about me and the cat says no i'm talking about the barman who was it who was present for most of this podcast's existence in the original house the original spare room where we're all used to happen uh who's not you although i admittedly he's very similar to you and the man behind the bar in the new spare room says, uh, well, doesn't the same apply to you then? You're just some imaginary cat. You're not the same cat who was in that room. The cat says, indeed I'm not. I'm not claiming to be. I'm well aware that I'm a once-off uh, once off cat who just pops into existence and will pop out of existence any minute now. So it's like that thing. Isn't there a thing in physics where there's these tiny little things are like smaller than electrons or something and they pop in and out of existence in the microsecond and that's it that's what we are we're we're popping in and out of existence i'm probably not even the same imaginary cat who uh who was here at the beginning of this conversation i'm just popping in and out of existence uh absolutely fucking ridiculous it's a bit depressing when you think about it that way i suppose but luckily uh, i only exist for a few microseconds so i don't really have to think about it uh i just have to pretend to be talking about trying to think about it it's not really it's not really much of a sacrifice is it and the man behind the bar says christ that's king depressing uh here have a pint of my finest guinness you've earned it and i'll pour some one for myself as well and the cat says no thank you i'm podcasting
amazing. I'll have a I'll have a sip of this uh, caffeine-free Coke Zero from the bottle instead. And the man behind the bar goes, wait a minute, that bottle is a customer of mine. He, he was in an earlier story on this show. Uh, he came in as a customer, a, a bottle of Coke. He said, hello, I'm a bottle of Coke. Can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the cat says, and what did you say to him then? And the man behind the bar says, I said, no, you cannot have a pint of my finest Guinness. And the cat said, well then, if you, you clearly don't respect him at all, so why are you worried about it? And the barman says, I'm not worried about it i'm just saying uh, you're it's a bit weird now you asking for a bottle of coke when a bottle of coke was a living conscious character and a customer in the story earlier on that's like it's like almost like cannibalism or something and the cat says it is not it's just like oh it's just like if you made me a sausage sandwich and i ate it the sausage used to be a living being it's not now get over it and the man behind the bar says that's an interesting you've got an interesting way of looking at the world fast absolutely fascinating i have to say and the cat doesn't respond because he's disappeared off again he no longer exists uh, but then a new cat exactly the same pops into existence because the story isn't over yet so a new one is needed and the new cat goes oh hello sorry to sorry to keep you waiting i understand uh the previous cat popped out of existence uh be prematurely before the story was finished i'll take over from him here now and uh, what do i need to know before we continue and the barman says oh i'm do you want what am i supposed to update you and catch you caught up on the story or something and the cat says yes please if you don't mind i didn't exist three seconds ago so excuse me i do need to be read in uh, if you had just popped into existence five seconds ago, uh, would you be able to just carry on a conversation or some uh, some program without someone updating you? You would not. No, no. You have to be. You have to be debriefed or wherever the opposite is. A briefed, briefed or debriefed. I don't know wherever it is. By rights, uh, just before you pop out of the existence, you should be debriefed. Tell everyone everything you know that you've learned from the last few seconds of your existence, and then they can give that on to the next cat if there's going to be a next cat unfortunately you didn't do that when the previous cat popped out of existence prematurely uh, before the story was over he hadn't been debriefed so there's nobody here who can tell me what happened i mean jesus christ give me something to work with here and the man behind the bar says, you have a point there. A point of my finest Guinness. Ho, 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 that's a little joke for you. And the cat who's just popped into existence says, what in the name of Christ is a joke? Uh, do cats, do cats even understand jokes? That doesn't sound very realistic based on what I know. And the man behind the bar says, I don't know, you lightened up for fuck's sake, you're going to be gone any minute now, who cares, who cares, let's just relax, let's just relax and enjoy the end of the show, the rest of the content of the show. And the cat says, we can't relax, we are the show, we're the entertainment, we're, we're here, we can't just sit back and relax and listen to her, we are the show. That reminds me of something, we are the show. We are the, oh yes, I know what it was, was, uh, we are the show, we are the world, we are the children, it's a Michael Jackson song, we are the world, we are the children, I think it was for charity for one of those things he did, I don't know. And the cat says, what in the name of Christ? I said, we are the show. I didn't say we are the world. 
And the man says, I know that. It's just that's what I brought to mind. You were going through my head. You said, we are the show. And that went through my mind. And it just, uh, it just triggered a memory of we are the world. We are the world. Was it like a, I think it might have been like a, an American version of Band-Aid or Live-Aid or whatever the fuck. And the cat says, who gives a flying fuck? And the man behind the bar says, oh, well, if you're going to be like that about it, give me back my beer. And the cat says, that's not your beer. I purchased it outright. I have a receipt here to prove it. Here's a receipt. Look, look at this. It's a receipt. And the barman says, well, I didn't give you that receipt. And the cat says, yes, I know. I wrote it myself. I keep proper records. You kind of have to when you're going to pop in and out of existence any moment. Yeah, and the man behind the bar says, well, it's not a pro forma invoice issued by my bar company, so it's a fake, it's a fraud. Uh, so I'm going to, if you try to do anything with that receipt, I'm going to have you done for fraud. And the cat says, that's fine, I'm absolutely no, I'm absolutely fine with that. It's not a problem. Doesn't bother me one iota. Not in the least bit. Not in the slightest bit of a. Not in the least bit of a. a slightest bit of a. The slightest bit of a slightest not in the slightest not in the and the man behind the bar says for someone who's conscious of the fact that he's going to blink out of existence any microsecond now uh you're very you're very big into the wasting time going things like not in the slightest bit slightest bit slightest not a bit for 10 minutes in a row and the cat says well i know i haven't really time to i don't really have much time to learn the art of conversation so Ah, uh, this is the best I can do, so I'm making the best of it. The best of it isn't always great, but it's the best of it. That's what I'm doing. And the man behind the bar says, Oh, well, in that case, uh, I think, are we done here? I think we're done here. Uh, tell, tell your man to say, anyway, good morning. Because uh, he didn't do that last time. Just tell him, say, anyway, good morning. And the cat says, okay, uh, whoever's performing this, uh, don't forget to say, anything anyway good morning and the man behind the bar says oh, that's great that's great he'll be able to use that if he turns out that this is the last uh oh if this is the last segment uh because he, he might come back he might or he might not come back and record more tomorrow depends as it goes on the throat here he's got a, he's got a scratchy throat it's itching itchy he's, drink, he's drinking some sort of beverage uh the same beverage that came in here uh but he's drinking the real version of that beverage not the imaginary one that comes in here talking and the cat goes wait a minute a minute ago you're all getting all high and mighty about that beverage saying it came in here it's a real conscious being it's like fucking eating it as a sausage or something and now you're just going Going, oh, it's nothing. And the barman says, Yes, I've learned. Excuse me, I learn. And the cat says, Well done, I'm proud of you. And then they both pop out of existence, and a great night is had by all. thinking there you're thinking oh 
Uh, this is this is fascinating. This whole uh, this whole thing here is absolutely fas absolutely fascinating. That's what it is. It's a whole new dimension to the to the podcast here. He has this whole big long thing about a cat who's for some reason aware that he's going to pop in and out of existence, never to be heard again. And then you've got the man in the bar uh, who's somehow aware that the, there's a different barman who was created in another spare room the other side of the Wicklow Mountains uh, who's not him but is also him uh, but has also not a continuation of him and they're all just end up uh, I think they, I think they're right in saying they end up the best of friends or they just decide to bury the hatchet and have a I can't remember how did I end that maybe did I end it in trailing off and having a very long cough possibly or did I go or was that when they went to the toilet I can't remember. Anyway, well, you're thinking that's great. That's great. That's all done and dusted. That's another show done and dusted. Uh, nothing more to add. It's, it's perfect the way it is. Uh, well, no, it isn't because the way you've heard, you're hearing it is the way I've spent probably two days editing it. Uh, the way it is at the moment as I'm speaking here is that it's a load of crap. A load of crap. I'm going to lift off this device and put onto my computer in the other room and probably spend the next eight weeks trying to sort it into something usable and probably not be able to add anything to it because my throat is going to fall off in about an hour from whatever's happening to us. It's probably some sort of a virus. Is there some sort of a throat virus going around that attacks people's throats? Uh, like a computer virus, but for throats. Uh, just basically jumps into your throat. Uh, I probably got it on the bus. I've been getting quite a lot of bus lately. I grew up because uh, I free travel now. I get free travel on public in public transport. So I go up and say hello. Uh, here's my free free travel pass, and they'll say, yeah, just point it at the machine there, and I'll say, I will indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you very, 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 very much. And the man behind the bar, that's not a bar, it's the, it's the, uh, the interface. The man behind the interface between the passenger and the bus driver. Uh, what's that called? It's not really called anything. The man behind the interface between me and... No, that's just a bit of space. Maybe a little partition or something and a little table that he has his cash machine on. Uh, none of which really affects me because I have free travel. I don't pay a fucking thing to go on public transport now. I go for, I go for free. They say, oh, there's something wrong with you so you get to go for... That's a, that's a great thing in this country. Uh, as soon as there's officially something wrong with you and there is officially something wrong with me uh you can apply for free travel now they also give it to anyone who's over 65 but i'm not over 65 so i got my free travel on the basis of there being officially something wrong with me uh so it's official now there's something officially wrong with me uh so i get to ride for free for free on public transport uh so there uh so there you go now there's a there's something to there's something to be envious. So you're going around all day thinking, oh, I'd hate to have something wrong with me. Well, there's something wrong with me and it's paid off now. I get to go on public transport without handing over any money. It's absolutely fucking fantastic. That's what it is. It's absolute. You should get something wrong with you too. Like, I don't know, some sort of a... I've got something wrong with my eyes, so that's taken. You should get something wrong. You should get something wrong with your kneecaps uh, or something wrong with your... 
oh that sounded bad when I said don't uh, when I said don't get get something wrong with your kneecaps no no I don't mean because uh, there's a history in this country of uh, paramilitary organisations going around kneecapping people I'm not suggesting you should go out and get kneecapped uh, no well no get something wrong with some other part of your body because uh, I have the eyes thing covered the eyes thing is my thing uh, so get your own disability now go and get your I don't know get something wrong with your finger you probably need a few fingers to have something wrong with them before you can get free travel though they don't just hand them out like sweets oh so you get your head uh get your head examined and have the fella hopefully the fella will spot that there's not much going on in there and that's the way you can get it uh, you'll say there's definitely something wrong with him uh what's wrong with him is that there's not very much of him there just don't do the faulty retinas thing because that's mine i want to be special i want my own disability all of my own i don't want anyone else to be the same as me Oh no, do I? Oh, maybe I want lots of people to be like this, because then there's loads of people who, are, who can campaign for the same stuff. Uh, we can become a, oh, we can become a minority interest group with a lot of people in it, so it's a large minority. Uh, and now that I think of it, that already exists. There's the National Council for the Blind, so it's already been done. I uh, forget I said that. Uh, I'm new to all this. I didn't know it was already there. Uh, I just, well, I did. I just hadn't thought about it. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, he started that whole thing where I know what you're thinking there. And I think he forgot to go somewhere with it. Or he went somewhere with it, but he didn't really come back from the somewhere. So... Because uh, when you do a, I know what you're thinking there, you're supposed to go somewhere with it, and I did that, but you're also supposed to come back. When you go somewhere, you're supposed to come back and bring it around to, uh, I don't know, make it a proper uh, neat segment that comes around, I don't know, a package. You don't just fucking trail off and do some crap and then come back and go, oh, I know what you're thinking there again. Because the next time, because then if you do that, the next time you start a segment where I know what you're thinking there, people are just gonna go he doesn't he always says that but then he just goes off on something and he never brings it back round to a te- nice tidy conclusion so it'd be like the it'd be like the boy who cried wolf except he cried i know what you're thinking well yeah we all know that i don't know what you're thinking there but at least the whole point of the i know what you're thinking there is uh, supposed to lead somewhere and impress you with my uh storytelling whatever you call it my imagination I know, I think I'm inclined to agree with you there that that last segment didn't didn't serve that purpose very well. So I know what you're thinking there. Anyway, what what are you going to do? You're going to, uh, you're probably going to go unsubscribe. You're going to go into your podcast player and go, where's this fella? I'm going to unsubscribe from this. I'm going to tap this button furiously with my finger my, uh, not my finger that's not working, my other, we have another finger that works so I'll put the point that at my thing and I'll go unsubscribe, unsubscribe but then you'll have pressed, you'll have tapped it twice then so you'll have unsubscribed and then also un-unsubscribed, because all these things they have a thing on them, you tap unsubscribed, but then there's a thing there that says undo and that, that if you tap that it goes undo the unsubscribe and that'll just, have you, all that'll happen then is that he'll have uh, used up some energy. Uh, I suppose it's a good thing to use up energy. 
That's what the young people like to do nowadays. They like to use up energy. They grow up on their treadmills or on their bicycles or everything else. And they go, I'm going to burn off some calories now. I'm going to go, I'm going to move my limbs round and round and round and round in the way that moves me forward or backwards. Or else I'm going to do it on a conveyor belt. Like a, like I'm the shopping. I'm the, I'm the shopping. So I get on a conveyor belt. And I go, move along this conveyor belt thing. Uh, except it's a treadmill, so it's like a conveyor belt. Uh, except it's continuous and it doesn't it doesn't lead you down to the end of a checkout and into a bagging area. It just goes back on, just keeps you still, basically keeps you in the same place. But if a conveyor belt, a shop checkout, kept everything in the same place forever, you'd be rather pissed off. Uh, it wouldn't be a... Oh, well, I suppose you'd stop being pissed off eventually because if it never moved, you'd be stuck there for the rest of your life. So at some point, you'd have to accept it. It'd be like the fella Tom Hanks in that movie, The Terminal. Uh, he gets stuck. He gets stuck with some in an airport. He can't get through border control or something. So he gets spends up stuck in an airport because his... Oh, his country doesn't exist anymore and nobody will take him in. Uh, that would be what it would be like if the checkout, uh, conveyor belt in the checkout in a supermarket just went round and round perpetually and never and you never go out of it. And uh, your groceries just kept still in the same place. Uh, you'd have to eventually accept it. Uh, or else hope that someone take something major happens in the in the supermarket industry that gets that conveyor belt moving your stuff again. Uh, that's the problem is the conveyor belt is moving. It's moving perpetually around and around and around and around and around. But your groceries are on it and they're not moving. Uh, that's the problem. Uh, that's not supposed to be like that. That's how a treadmill works, but that's not how a conveyor belt on a in the shop is supposed to work. The conveyor belt of the shop is supposed to gradually move your stuff so it gets down to where it's going to be checked out and then onto the bagging area. So all I'm saying is if I stopped doing that and I started behaving more like a treadmill, treadmill and you got stuck at the counter for years and years and years and you basically had to live in the supermarket waiting for the day when it ever starts working properly again so you can go home with your shopping i think you'd be exactly like tom hanks's character in the terminal i don't think i've actually seen that movie it's been on my it's been on my playlist for years on my watch list and i've a fair idea what it's about because it's pretty self-explanatory is this fella in the terminal uh Except it's not terminal, is it? Because it, because it comes to it's, it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. I assume he's stuck. That shows him stuck there for years and years and years. Ah, uh, so that's not terminal at all. I suppose I presume there's a happy ending. So then I suppose that's terminal. Ah, uh, to sit the horrific situation in which he is spending his life eventually comes to an end, uh, presumably in a good way, or else it better not be in a bad way. It better not be uh, one of those fucking... It better not be like that fucking Tom Hanks thing on the island uh, where he spends... Oh, it shows Tom Hanks. He spends four years stuck on a desert island talking to a 
talking to a mop head or something and going mad. And then he finally gets home. They show him. He, tur- he turns up. Spoiler alert. He gets to his house and his wife is remarried. And they're all fucking everyone's... Oh, it's fucking the most depressing movie ever. Uh, so it just occurred to me. Maybe The Terminal is like that. Was The Terminal based on a real story? Has probably just looked that up and check. Go check whether this has a fucking pissy off ending. Uh, before we're watching it, that's not, I'll make a note, mental note to myself. Uh, if I ever decide to watch the terminal, which is on my watch list, uh, check first whether it's based on a true story that has a reasonably, a reasonably non-depressing ending. Because that would piss me off, I can tell you. That would absolutely piss me off if you were send me, oh, I would say. Anyway, uh... That's how the supermarket and the treadmill works. Uh, they work differently to each other. On with the show. Now, uh, uh, it just occurred to me, uh, that movie is called The Terminal. It's been staring me right in the face the whole time it's been on my watch list. It's called The Terminal. Uh, that's a word they use for things that are going to kill you. They say, that's terminal, it's going to kill you. Uh, so no, I think it's safe to assume it's not going to have a happy ending at all. That's rather disappointing. I just had to hang my head that would have a happy ending. Uh, maybe it's just a, a thing in my head. I saw a Tom Hanks movie once that had a reasonably happy ending and I just thought, if you see a Tom Hanks thing that has a happy ending now, and now that I think about it, the thing that had a reasonably happy ending uh, was the one where he plays that pilot uh, who lands a lands a plane in the Hudson River and everyone survives. Uh, but the second hour of that movie is him going through hell, uh, being dragged through the courts, having to explain to himself why he landed the plane in the water instead of bringing her home safely. Uh, you can't, apparently landing the plane in water is a bad thing. Uh, if someone says that he could have made the airport, he could have just landed in the airport. It's that whole fucking thing. That poor man spends the second half of that movie as a nervous trying to get his reputation trying to protect his reputation even after saving the whole fucking plane I suppose that's reasonable because in the real world uh, if I was on a bus uh, let's suppose now that I didn't have free travel and there was a paying customer and if I was on the bus and the fella we were approaching a traffic light and the tra- light was red and the bus driver didn't notice he was red and he went he, he overshot the run he overshot the cross Crossroads, uh, but he managed to squeeze through between the traffic and not crash into anything. Uh, would I go, Oh, that's great, he's a hero, he saved us from crashing into those things? I would not. I would, I'd probably keep my mouth shut because I'm not paying, uh, I'm not paying a fare well, on behalf of the other fare payers, the commuters who are paying an absolute fortune to commute on that bus. I'd be rather annoyed, rather annoyed, I can tell you. Uh, so, suppose that's the same thing as that. Fucking Tom Hanks with his shit. Oh, and then he has that... <laughs> and then he has that thing. Oh, that thing where all the fucking codes and the stuff in Rome and he's going into all this stuff doing code breaking. Something to do with code or hieroglyphics or some crap. Some religious mystery in fucking... Uh, either Rome or Italy or somewhere like that. The most tedious crap you've ever seen. No, I've completely changed my mind about Tom Hanks now. He's a load of absolutely intolerable. Intolerable. Remember, did you ever see that sitcom he did as a kid? 
Uh, it was some, I forget what it was called. It was the most fucking ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Uh, some teenagers, I think they went to school in some girls' school or something, or they, oh, I forget the exact details. You had some sort of weird uh, setup. That, it was like if you had, uh, oh, it was like if you had Tom Hanks as a kid doing a shit sitcom. That's exactly, that's what it was like. Uh, I read his autobiography, not his autobiography, a biography of Tom Hanks recently, and it's the most tedious book I've ever read. So no, I don't know why I have it in my head that I like Tom Hanks. I clearly don't. I clearly don't. Uh, I've had that in my head for years that I enjoyed his work, uh, but now I take it out of my head and examine it. I see, no, he's an absolute bastard. He's an old bollocks. Tom Hanks, you're an old bollocks. Uh, you've conned and duped us. I think for a long time, uh, I thought Tom Hanks was in Ghostbusters as well. I think that's why you respected him even more. He wasn't in... Tom Hanks was not in Ghostbusters. The other fella was uh, Bill Murray. Uh, and that's not to that's not to say I like him either. Goes around, oh, he goes around crashing into people's weddings now, like and expecting them to think it's all hilarious. I just crashed your wedding for a photo on Twitter or something. Look at me, I'm hilarious. And also, uh, I may or may not be the guy who played Garfield. I'm not sure. Is it just that he sounds a bit like me or he's based on me or I played him myself? I don't know. Uh, either way, I'm certainly no Tom Hanks, but I was in Ghostbusters. Uh, oh wait, was Bill Murray in Ghostbusters? I think he was. I think he was. And the other fella, there's the other fella who's dead with the glasses. Isn't that right? Isn't there the fella who's dead with the glasses? He was in Ghostbusters. And then there was the other fella, Dan Aykroyd, who's a total weirdo. He's obsessed with, I can never remember which one, he's obsessed with either UFOs or ghosts. I can't remember which. And then there was someone else. There was the other fella. Uh, and then, of course, there's the... Uh, what's that other thing they're in? Uh, Ghostbusters 2, they're in that as well. Was there a Ghostbusters 3? I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, all I know is Ghostbusters was the first film I ever saw in the cinema. It was the same fucking cinema that in real life was used uh, as the cinema in Father Ted for the... Uh, fucking stupid thing where they do a post-test outside the cinema going, uh, that's enough for that crap. I don't know what that tells you. Probably tells you very little. Just tells you that I used to live in Greystones and I went to an eighth birthday party once in Greystone Cinema. That's all it tells you. Where does that get you? No, it tells you nothing. You know absolutely nothing about my life, even after listening to an hour of this crap. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Anyway... Good morning.